Well, at, at the beginning of every new year, the pastors that preach, we all want to preach messages that kind of set the tone for the rest of the year, and I'm no different. I want to set the tone with the, a, a new, brand new series that we're going to start in this new year. And um, I was thinking about, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere anytime soon, but when my time is done here at Mission Church, and when the people look back on the time that Pastor Gordon was the pastor here at Mission Church, and they talk about, as you've talked about, the pastors that you've had before. I was thinking, what do I want people to say about Pastor Gordon? More than just he was a handsome Chinese pastor. <laughs> My hope, and this is sincere, is that the people of Mission Church would have said, you know, Pastor Gordon, he was the pastor that really led the church to pray. And if, if after the next 10 years go by or however long God has me here, if people say that about me after I'm gone, I would be a happy man. And so we're going to begin a new sermon series um, on the Lord's prayers. Not just looking at the Lord's prayer, although we will do that in, over the course of the next few weeks. Um, I want to take a look at many of the prayers that Jesus prayed. So who knows how long this sermon series will go? Maybe a year or two. (laughs) But uh, I'm excited to preach about the Lord's prayers. And and today I want to tell you why I'm passionate about prayer. Because I am. I'm deeply passionate about it. The first reason I'm passionate about prayer is because the Bible teaches us to pray, right? The Bible tells us, be devoted to prayer. In fact, Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer. So the instruction from God's word already begins and tells us, what what are we to be devoted to? And when you stop to think about it, people are devoted to all kinds of things. And what you learn is that whatever you devote yourself to, you get better at it, right? And so today in worship, oh my goodness, the people on this stage are devoted to the, the things that they do. If the, the singers, their voices were amazing. The, the people that play the instrument, they devoted themselves and, and they got to the place where they, they do it so amazingly well. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. Whatever you devote yourselves to, you really get better at it. Some people are devoted to, to the, the craftsmanship of building really nice things. Jim, you, you, you've made something for me, that kaleidoscope when I first came. Nobody who is not devoted to woodworking could do anything like that. He, he made a, a, a wooden egg with a kaleidoscope of many different kinds of wood, including a piece of olive wood from Israel. It's beautiful. And I'm like, how did you do this? You're devoted to your craft, and you made something so beautiful, and I treasure that. I want you to know that. Some people are devoted to uh, video games. 
<laughs> I'm going to come this side. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and if you are, you're good at it. And, and you work hard at it. And, and I, I don't know how it works because I know that you can go online and play with your friends and, and do things. And, and you go through phases and stages and you get all the way down the way, right? You're devoted to that. You all know some of the things that I'm devoted to because I live my life in a glass house kind of like up here. And so I tell you about myself and you know that I'm devoted to golf, right? I mean, I'm not devoted to it, but I devote time to it to try and get better at it because that's what devotion is. And, and I used the illustration a while back about prayer, in fact. I think it's the same illustration I'll, I'll share again. Prayer is kind of like, like putting, right? How many of you have ever gone mini-golfing? Raise your hand. Let me see. Yeah! So, a lot of you have gone mini-golfing. And on, at, at the mini-golf course, everybody grabs a putter. And I, I have one here. <laughs> right here. And when you go, go mini-golfing, everyone can putt. Every one of you. If you've been to mini-golfing, you've putted before. But if you watch TV, um, and you watch the Golf Channel, and you watch people play golf, there are people who have devoted their lives to putting and playing golf. And they are amazing at it. And I've gotten pretty good myself. I see some of my golf buddies out there, Steve and other people, and <laughs> Jim. <laughs> he needs some work. You need, to, <laughs> you need to devote yourselves. So with, when, when, when you're devoted, when you're devoted, I mean... You do everything well, right? And so I have my golf ball here. And there's an X right there. And in fact, I'm going to go right about here, five feet away, four feet, to make a four-foot putt at the mini golf course or on the regular golf course. It's not as easy as you might think, right? You have to, there's precision and accuracy, and I'm going to try and, and nail this putt right here. Oh, I missed. You can just let that go. <laughs> Obviously, I need work. <laughs> Jim, you and I, we got to go practice. I share that with you because the Bible calls us to be devoted to prayer. Just like putting, anyone can putt the ball. But you know when you practice that craft and that skill and five feet away, which is a tough putt to make, the pros make it 95% of the time. You know why? They're devoted to it. They've practiced at it. And when it comes to prayer, church, I sincerely believe that when we devote ourselves to praying, we can get better at it. And when you get better at something, you start to enjoy it much more than when you're not good at it at all. And so I talk to a lot of people about this hobby that I have, golfing, and, and people are reluctant to try it because it's hard to do, to play golf, you know, and do, do well. Because you've got to hit a straight ball. And, and if, but, but if you devote yourself to it and you're able to do the things that you want to do and hit the ball straight and make five-foot putts, Golfing gets to be a lot of fun. Prayer is like that. 
we, we're reluctant to pray because sometimes I think we struggle with prayer to understand what it is and how to do it well. But when we start to learn to pray better and to pray well and we devote ourselves to it, then prayer takes on something that's totally different. We, believe it or not, begin to enjoy praying a lot more. You see, anyone can pray. But I dare say, not everyone prays well. And so, I, I wanted to take this opportunity to share a sermon series of helping us to grow and engage in prayer. Because anybody can put their hands together, bow their heads, and ask God for things. But in this sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, I'd like us to move beyond just praying that way. Now, hear me when I say this. This week, (laughs) I prayed for a lot of things. A lot of people in my life that have been in the hospital and have been ill. It's good to pray for others. Hear me when I say that. But if all of our prayers are relegated just to praying for things and asking God for things, then I think we've kind of missed the boat when it comes to prayer. And when we look at how Jesus prayed, the many different prayers that he prayed with what he taught, and what he modeled, and the example that Jesus has left for us. I believe that as we go through this series, and if you join me in this journey of engaging deeply in prayer, my my hope is, my prayer is, that your attitude and your understanding of prayer would mature and develop, and so much so that you would find great joy in seeking God in prayer. So the first reason I said that I'm passionate about prayer is because the Bible teaches it. The second reason I'm impassioned and devoted to prayer is because as a pastor, as my, not just as my role as pastor, but when all of us come together in a place like this, we engage in a spiritual encounter. Don't you agree? Like, we're, we're not here, <laughs> well, people come to church for all kinds of reasons, right? But it ought to be that when we come here, especially in God's house, that we actually meet with God. And how is it that you encounter God well? If it's not through an engagement of your spiritual heart and life, And so when we come, we need to engage in the spiritual. Now, obviously when you come to church, there's good things that happen when we gather together, right? You come to be with your friends. And I get that, because I come here for the same reason too. When I look out and I see your faces, I know just about almost every single one of you. And I love the opportunity that we have to engage with one another, to meet together, to fellowship together. And when you come to this place, it's the hope that we learn a little bit more about God and and when you open the Bible, you learn some things about His Word and, and 
that ought to be something that we do as well. And it's also my hope that when we come, we eat well. Amen? <laughs> and being that since I've become the pastor here, I hope the, the level of food has, has increased a little bit, the quality of, of food that we can eat better here at this church. And of all those three things that I've shared with you, the engaging of relationships, the learning about God's word, and the eating together, all of that, the Bible teaches that we ought to be devoted to those things also. But there's one more thing that we talked about a little bit earlier, about where, our, where we ought to be devoted to, and that is prayer. And to seek God and to know God more. And if you look with me at Acts chapter 2, verse 42, there's this beautiful passage of Scripture that talks about what we're called to be devoted to. What the disciples were devoted to when the church began. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So when you come, you learn. That's good. To the breaking, uh, to, to the fellowship, <laughs> to the joy of, of being together. That's really good. To the breaking of bread, to eating together. That's wonderful. And then the last one is to prayer. And of the first three that are so good, we don't need to engage God when we learn, when we fellowship, and when we eat. But it's in that time of prayer where we engage deeply in the spiritual, and that's why we're here. And so, with that, my prayer is that we encounter God when we engage deeply in prayer. So turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. And Jenny, you ready? I've asked Jenny to come and, um, and help us to read Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to be spending the next few weeks in Matthew chapter 6 as we engage deeply in understanding and learning about prayer. Here you go. Matthew chapter 6. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees you, what, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Let's give her a hand. That's a long passage to read. (laughs) There's so much there. But really, today, my sermon is really, really simple. As we begin our journey in the Lord's prayers, I just want to simply bring a message of Jesus' expectations of his disciples. In the passage that we just read, in 18 verses, Jesus repeats the words, when you, seven times. Okay? And in the Bible, obviously you know that whenever a word is repeated once or twice, it's something to take note of. Right? If, if, if the Bible says to, to do something and it repeats itself... There's great importance. But when Jesus says the same thing seven times in 18 verses, hey, there should be big flashing lights that say, pay attention, everybody. This is really, 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 really important. Did I do seven reallys? (laughs) Because that's how important this is. This is really, really, really important because Jesus says, when you which is the expectation that he gives us. And he gives us an expectation of doing three things. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast. And the words, when you, is the expectation that Jesus has of us. It does not say, if you, but when you. And because I'm focusing on prayer, I'll leave the when you give to my stewardship series that I'll do in September (laughs) and talk about when you pray today. Jesus teaches deeply about prayer. How to pray well. Which tells us that there are times when people pray and they don't pray well. That's why Jesus has to teach us about prayer. He says, when you pray, don't be like this. And then he goes through how people have prayed. And he tells us not to do that. By the way, I'm going to touch on that next Sunday. And then Jesus gives us a model of prayer in the Lord's Prayer. And and we're going to dig deep into the Lord's Prayer in the weeks to come as well. Praying well requires us to understand the purpose of And the purpose of prayer is to cultivate the relationship we have with God. Period. That's what prayer 
is for. So that when you engage deeply in prayer, you're deepening the relationship that you have with God. In the same way that you cultivate and establish relationships with the people in the church, the more time I spend with you, Dave, the deeper the relationship goes. Because you get to know more about me, and I get to know more about you. And the more time that we spend in prayer with God to cultivate the relationship that we have with Him, the better we will know Him. And that is what makes such a huge difference. And to know God is not simply just to ask God for things, but to seek Him with all of our hearts and to listen well which is where I think sometimes we all struggle to do. How many of you have taken time recently when you pray to just pause and listen to God? That's a hard thing to do. That's a spiritual discipline that we struggle with because we live in this instantaneous world and so our prayers are, Dear Lord, please help with this. Please do that. Bless this person. Heal that person. And the responses that we get are to see if God answers those prayers. I want you to know, I pray the same way as you do. But one of the things that I'm convicted of is that we need to pause and listen. Because God has a lot to say to us if we would open our hearts and ears to give him the time to speak into what it is that he is calling us to do and the people that he is calling us to be. Now when we pray, (laughs) I want you to hear me. It's good to ask God for things, especially as we pray for others. I'm not saying that we don't do that, but when that's all our prayers consist of. We miss the mark of praying well. I'm passionate about prayer because the Bible teaches us to be devoted to prayer. I'm passionate about prayer because prayer is the spiritual engagement that we have with God and the reason that we are here is to engage deeply with God. The third reason I'm passionate about prayer is because I have seen with my own eyes and experienced the results of praying well in the life of a church. In 2010, I got the great privilege to travel to Cali, Colombia to attend a master's plan conference, which is a discipleship conference. I was pastoring in Hawaii at the time. And this discipleship conference turned into a prayer summit for me. And my life was changed radically. And my understanding and my view of prayer really has changed so much because of that. The church that we went to is called Casa de Oración de la Iglesia de Nazareno, which means the House of Prayer, Church of the Nazarene. What a beautiful name for how some of you have been there, you know about that church. And at that time in 2010, when I attended that church, the church was running 18,000 people 
at the time. Okay? They, they met in a warehouse that sat 2,500 people at a time. So every Sunday, they would have seven churches, seven services, packed to the brims of people, one service after another, seven services in a row. And I got to witness a small part of that. And being in those services has wrecked me. <laughs> in the in the in the best possible way. I want you to know that Pastor Adalberto and his wife Ninea took over the church when it was running 30. And they had good years and bad years, but over the course of 10 years, they averaged 30 people. Sometimes it got up to 35. And they cheered and got excited. But then two years later, it dropped down to 24. And they were like, oh. And this went on year after year after year. They, they didn't come into a church that was averaging 18,000 people a Sunday. And they were so burdened for the people of their community and for their own church. And they believed that God had a greater work to do. So Pastor Adalberto and his wife Nenea began to pray. And they gathered six of the elderly women in that church of 30 at the time. And they met at 5 in the morning to pray. Right? And that's amazing. <laughs> and that was the genesis for what has become Casa de uh, Oración de Iglesia de Nazareth. That, has, that was the genesis of what the church has experienced. And, and it's been 13 years since I've been there. So I can't imagine where the church is at today. But back in 2010, they were running 18,000 people. And I, went, I got to go twice to 2010. And I, and I believe it was 2012. I went again just to, to, to make sure that what I saw the first time was really real. And, and I want to take the opportunity to tell you about what I saw and why I'm so impassioned about prayer. The first time, well, here's what the church does. On Tuesday mornings when I was there, they, they said you should, the things that you should do is you should come to Sunday morning but come to our Tuesday prayer, come to our Wednesday prayer, and be a part of the discipleship conference that we're running. So we went to the Tuesday morning prayer, 5 a.m. in the sanctuary, in almost darkness. There's a, a little light that they place right at the front of the church, on the floor, and illuminates probably 10 feet around you. So we got there right at 5 a.m., and it, the place was dark. And it's hard to pray at 5 a.m. when it's dark. Because <laughs> you're like, whew. And then I was coming from Hawaii. So 5 a.m. was like 2 a.m. for me. And it was challenging. And we got there. And uh, we said, okay, we'll dive in. So 5 a.m. we get there. And people are gathering in the church to pray. It's pitch dark. There's a little light. And I was kind of standing close to the light looking around. Unprogrammed. Like, they don't tell you what to pray. Um, 
and people are just walking in the sanctuary. So I started to do the same thing. And I started praying like you would pray. I, I started praying for my needs. And 15 minutes later, I was done. And this prayer service lasted for two hours. And so after 15 minutes of telling God everything that I needed, I, I was just walking around uncomfortable, as you would be. For the next hour, I was struggling and thinking, what am I doing here? And how do, how do people do this? And just looking around me, there looked like there was about 50 people, which is pretty impressive for 5 a.m. in the morning. And so I just kind of sat down, and I started to listen after about an hour. and said, Lord, if you have anything to say, would you speak to me? And the next 45 minutes of my life was 45 minutes that I will never forget of God speaking to me because I got to the place where I could quiet my heart and my spirit. There were no distractions around me. It was still dark, and I didn't fade off once because I was finally listening to what God was trying to say to me. And not all of it was what I wanted to hear, but I needed to hear it. And about 7 a.m., the lights came on in the church, and I was like, oh. And when I got up and looked around, there must have been about 500 people praying at 5 a.m. in the morning with me that just couldn't see because it was pitch dark. And I was like, wow. And then the next day, Tuesday, uh, that was Tuesday, the next day, Wednesday, the church had three prayer and fasting services, one from 9 till, I'm sorry, 6 till 9 in the morning, the other one from 9 to noon, and the third prayer and fasting service on Wednesdays was from 8 to 10 at night. Okay, crazy, I know. We get to the 9 to noon prayer and fasting service on Wednesday at 8.45 so that we can be there for the night. We walk into the closing and the finishing of the first prayer and fasting service, and we're in a sanctuary that sits 2,500 people. And it's about half, if not three-quarters, full. And I walk into the back, and, and they're finishing up, so they're singing their last songs as they're praying. And you walk in, and immediately you sense the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. And the people, 1,500 people back, hands raised, eyes closed, every single person fully engaged, 100%, unashamed, giving God their best and their all in worship. It was, it blessed me. And I'm like, wow. And so we see that from front to back, senior adults to children, they're all giving their everything to God. And that's so beautiful to see. It, it impacts the whole room. And at the end of that service, the people left and, and we, we filed in and we sat through a three-hour service. <laughs> All in Spanish, the singing and the preaching and the praying. And it felt like 30 minutes. 
It was amazing to be a part of something that was just so powerful and life-changing. And I couldn't understand hardly a word of what they were saying. And yet, tears came to my eyes because I got to experience the power of God's Holy Spirit moving in a way that you normally don't get to see and experience. And it blew me away that another 1,500 people rolled in and looking around, everybody all in giving themselves to prayer to seeking to know God, asking Him for His grace and mercy and forgiveness, praying through the sanctuary so that the seats would be prayed over and the doors would be prayed over and that every single person that entered the room would sense the power and presence of God's Holy Spirit at work in their lives. Unbelievable. And then... At night, we didn't go to the night service. I can only imagine another 1,500 people rolling in from 8 to 10 at night doing the exact same thing. And they said, if you come on Friday, the youth meet here, and there's over 2,000 youth that come on Friday night, and they worship and pray and ask God for his presence to be revealed on them. It's like a mini NYC every Friday night. 2,000 young people worshiping, praising, and praying to God. It was crazy. And that led me to come to the Sunday morning service. This was completely life-changing. To be at that Sunday morning service, seven services of 2,500 people, all, I mean, just going one at a time. And so we get to, I don't know what time it was, but we got there 15 minutes before the end of the last service. And so we get there, the place is packed. You hear the music from the street outside. It's loud. I know not everybody likes loud, but it was loud. It was exciting. And I, I, I walked into the foyer. This is part of what slayed me. Hi, guys out there in the foyer. I see you. Thanks for waving. See you, Gail. The people, they, 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 they filled the foyer with chairs. But you know what's different about their foyer? See, their sanctuary was this long warehouse. And the foyer was here off to the side. And you entered in this way. And they had a, a video screen projection over here and over here. So that people, 2,000 2, people back, who couldn't hardly see the front, they could look up and see the screen and know what's going on and hear the preacher and see the worship. And there was a screen here for about 300 people sitting in the foyer, looking this way, not even where the sanctuary was, the, the stage was. And when we walked in 15 minutes before the end of the sermon, before the end of the service, the pastor was wrapping up his sermon. Just about every single person, their nose in the Bible. They're, they're all in. Every single, you look down the row, people are weeping. People are praying for one another. On the back row of the foyer, not even looking where the stage is. They're all in. The pastor gets done. People close their Bibles. He gives an invitation and oh, hundreds and hundreds of people stream forward 
to the front of the stage to respond to the message of what was preached. Hundreds. They pray for them. The worship team comes back on, does the closing song, and every single person, the last row of the people in the foyer, all in. Wow. As a pastor, watching all that, that, that rocks your spirit. You know, you're like, oh, man. But the next thing that happened is what blew my mind. So the service is done. They usher all the people that came forward to the upper room where they present the gospel one more time because I followed them up there after the second service and listened to what they do and they engage them in this amazing assimilation program which was the master's plan that I went to go see. 2,500 people exit out through the side of the church. <laughs> and they did that pretty quickly, but it made a mess in the sanctuary. So they had a team of people restacking chairs. They, all they had were plastic uh, lawn chairs. You know the plastic lawn chairs? Again, this crew setting it all up. So from the back of where we were, we watched people exit, and they say, uh, Americano pastors, come this way. <laughs> and they sat us kind of towards the front, kind of right Right where you are sitting, Fred and Mona, we're sitting right about here. Okay? Kind of towards the front, off to the side. And the chairs are being set up. They're doing it quickly. We're watching what's going on. And then this, this, this shredded my, my mind. They said, okay, we're good. Everybody good? All right. They said, let them in in Spanish, I think. And in the back of the church, I have a picture of what the, 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 the entry of the church looked like. Do you have the picture up? Can we put that up here? It's, it's a warehouse door that's right there. You know the kind where there's a chain and you, you pull it and then the door comes up? That's the front door of the church. And so we're good to go, okay. There's a guy, he's pulling the chain. The door comes up and I turn around and I look and there is a sea of people like thousands of people running into church. Full sprint. <sighs> Coming down the aisle. Chairs are flying. People are flying. And I'm like, what is going on? Boom, they hit the front row. Boom. And the rows are just being filled. And then it gets to us and it passes us. And, and I'm just going, what is happening here? I mean, it was amazing. People running in, fighting for these seats up front to get closer to God, to experience the fullness, or maybe to express their deep devotion. Because, you know what I think? What I believe? Because thousands of them came earlier in the week pray. And they have invested themselves to what is going to happen here. And they are excited to see exactly what God does through them and through everyone else. Because of the time that they have invested to ask God to move powerfully by the work of His Holy Spirit. And thousands and thousands of people had already been in that sanctuary earlier in the week. And they're running and they can't wait to see what God is going to do. 
And I'm sitting there, mind blown, watching people run and sprint, pushing others down to get to the front row. <laughs> like, wow. Then, boom, the service starts. And again, I don't understand a single word. I don't speak Spanish. I'm sorry. But I am lifted in my spirit as I watch and turn around and everyone is engaged deeply in honoring God because they have already met with God during the week. They have been there. They have prayed over the chairs and they said, Lord, speak through me. Tell me what you want me to know. And when God shows up, he answers their prayers. The thousands of that were offered that week. And when the service was done, the pastor gives an invitation and hundreds of people stream forward to respond. More people get saved in each service than was a part of my son, my whole church back in Hawaii on Sunday. That blew me away. Every service that they had on Sunday, more people are accepting Jesus than come to my church on Sunday morning. I I was like, Jesus. They were unashamed. They were impassioned in, in worship and prayer. And that's why I am passionate about prayer. And I share this message with you because Jesus says, when you pray, the expectation he gives is very, very clear. It's his expectation. And the expectation is that we all can pray. But do our prayers draw us nearer to God? Do, do, do my prayers make me want to surrender more of my life to Him and strengthen my relationship with Him? Do I long to pray? I shared this in the devotional this morning in Luke chapter 1. The disciples asked Jesus a really important question. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. When you stop to think about it, of all the things that Jesus did on earth, that the disciples got to see, the feeding of the 5,000, the healing of the deaf and blind, the, the making the lame to walk again, of all the things that the disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them how to do. Hey, Jesus, can you teach me to, to make a guy's leg get better? Can, can you teach me how to make blind people see? Jesus, can you teach me how you took a few loaves of bread and fish and fed 5,000 people? Those are some things that I think I would have asked Jesus. But you know what the disciples asked him? Lord, teach us to pray. Because when you stop to think about it, church, everything you ever want for this place to be, for you and for this world, all starts with prayer. Why are we here? If it's not to enter into a relationship with our Lord, to accomplish the great things that God wants to do through you in this church. And where does that all start? Prayer. You know that. 
just as well as I do. And they wanted to pray, not just to do great things, but they wanted to pray to know God more. And here's something I I, I need you to hear me when I say. I share today's message with you not because I want Mission Church to grow to a church of 18,000 people. Not even a thousand. That's not my goal in wanting, in in my desire to share this message with you today. But more than anything, I share this message with you to invite you so that you can experience what the congregation at Casa de Oración, Iglesia de Nazareno, experienced on a Sunday morning. The heartfelt, Holy Spirit-empowered amazing service that when guests come, they cannot help but know <laughs> there's something different about here. I've been to mega churches before. <laughs> I've been to Shadow Mountain. I've been to The Rock. I've seen it. Going to Casa de Oración, completely different. It's just not a gathering of thousands of people. It's a gathering of thousands of people that long and long and long to know and seek God with all their hearts. I desire for all of us to know the power of God's Holy Spirit moving in us. That's what I want more than anything. And the result of that, whatever that becomes, I'm good with. And I cannot help but think that God would expand His kingdom through every church that seeks Him with all their hearts. That's why I'm sharing this message today. Today I want to share with you what I seen prayer accomplish in the life of a church. And Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. And the people had turned it to do all kinds of other things. He said, you've turned into a den of thieves. <laughs> he could say that we've turned his house into all kinds of things. But it needs to be a house of prayer. And so, church, that's what I want to invite you to. To experience the fullness of all that God would have for us. <sighs> would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me? If God leads you to come to the altar, you're welcome to do that. God leads you to stand. In fact, why don't you all go ahead and stand with me? We're about to finish. Would you engage with me right now in your heart in this time of prayer? To let go of all distraction. Don't even think about what's happening next. But in this moment, would you ask God one question? Pray, Lord, what can I do for you? And 
with all your heart. And devote yourselves to praying that prayer every day. And be watchful and thankful as God answers your prayer. You know, I could easily take advantage of this opportunity and make everyone feel guilty and tell you how you should be a part of every prayer event that's going on in the life of the church. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you when you pray that prayer. Lord, what can I do for you? I love Mission Church. And I only want to see the greatest things happen in this church for the glory of God. Father in heaven, answer the prayers of your people today. Move in us. Make us uncomfortable, Lord God, with what you're speaking to us about. Help us, Lord God, to set aside time to listen to you and to engage with the body of Christ, Lord, to prepare this time, to invest in this moment, God, because every good thing that we want to see happen in this church all starts with prayer. Let us be the church that prays well. We love you, Lord. Move in us. Help us as we grow in learning the Lord's prayers over the course of the next few months. And it is in the divine name of Jesus we pray all this. Amen, amen, and amen.